Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1932. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Orlando, Florida, with a very special guest by the name of Alexander Searle. Alex, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Oh, absolutely. I'll bet. You always are. Now, before I get started and give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Alex? Outside of racing, you know, I eat, sleep, breathe racing. So even though I'm in the University of Central Florida, I'm studying mechanical engineering. And I'm also in the process of joining the Formula Student Program here, where you design and build a race car to compete against other colleges. So no matter what, whether I'm at the racetrack or I'm in school, I'm still a part of racing. Okay, cool. Well, that sounds like a fun project. Let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to dive into a little bit of your backstory and then what you're involved with right now. Alexander Searle has been selected as a finalist for the Mazda Motorsports Spec MX-5 Shootout. Carters compete for a spec MX-5 shootout slot via a combination of physical and mental testing that determines five Mazda scholarship recipients. His passion for racing was ignited when he was just four years old after attending a Ferrari event at Homestead Miami Speedway. He started driving carts at the age of seven and was racing competitively at the age of 14. Alex is a grand national champion in go-karting, a race winner in the Lucas Oil Formula Car Race Series, and had racked up a number of wins and championships and continues to do so. Today, Alex is an 18-year-old, a first-year student at the University of Central Florida, as he mentioned, and he's studying mechanical engineering. So we've got a bright student on our hands and a talented one as well. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about Alex's racing career and what's coming up. But first, a word from our valued sponsors. So give them a little listen. Keep the seatbelt cinched tight. We're at the track. We'll be right back. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guard for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word yeah, Y-E-A-H, 2-1 at checkout, yeah, 21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo that's right, the one I call my orange crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. 
I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 224 9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So, Alex, we're back. So let's uh, dive a little deeper into the corner, something you love to do as a racer. Before we get into this Mazda Motorsport Spec MX-5 shootout, what you had to do to be one of the participants, let's do a little backstory on you because you have been eating, drinking, sleeping, racing since a very young age, and it seems like a Ferrari event spurred all this on. What else would spur something on but Ferraris, right? So give us a little history, would you? Perfect. So as you said, when I was four years old, I went to Homestead Miami Speedway to go to this Ferrari event. My dad in the 70s and 80s worked for Ferrari and Porsche. So that's why we were really there. And I was just kind of like the son that he brought along, maybe, you know, catch on and have a passion for racing. And we were there for a while. And I remember we go to sit. If you've ever been to Homestead Miami Speedway, the infield is pretty close to the racetrack. And we go to sit down and watch the uh, F1 cars. And they had the V12 F1 cars going by. And as this four-year-old, as this four-year-old kid, my dad probably thought that I was going to be scared, and we're going to have to just get out of there. So we sat down. And he didn't think about it until they started flying by the first lap, and he goes over to like grab me and just make sure that I wasn't crying. And I'm over there pointing, mouth open. I'm just <laughs> in awe of the race car. And luckily, my dad is like, he loves photography, so he had his camera on him, and he just threw together this photo. And we actually have the picture, like the moment that is what we call it, that I just fell in love with the, with the sport. Nice. From there. You know, the next two years, I was always like, oh, I love, I love racing. Love it, love it, love it. I want a go-kart. And it's like, oh, great. My parents are like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and they end up buying me this PlayStation 2. And he, my dad loves building things. And he gets some plywood and just puts together this makeshift simulator for me out of plywood and, you know, this baby seat as my car seat. <laughs> and, we, and he got me NASCAR, you know, Colin McRae Rally, still my favorite game ever. And just... He said, here, go drive, and let's see if you even have any idea of what you're doing. And, oh, if you can complete a lap, I'll get you a go-kart. I'll do that. If you can complete – if you can win a race against the AI, you can get a go-kart. And they just kept on pushing it back for three years. They were like, if you could do this and this and this. <laughs> and we would go to all these events, you know, 12 Hours of Sebring, uh, Daytona. We'd go to all the karting events because they all go down in Florida in the wintertime. And eventually they were like, okay, when you're seven, we'll get you one. They didn't think I'd remember that. So at seven years old, I go to them, and I'm like, Where's the go-kart? I'm seven like, now. <laughs> yeah, I'm seven now. Can I have it? And so a few a few months go by, they pick me up from school, and we're driving. And I'm like, this is not the way to go home. And so I, I start catching on a little bit. And we get there. An hour drive goes by. We get to this garage area. And there's this go-kart sitting there for me. And I'm like, is that is that for me? And it's, it's all apart. They have to put it together. So I go in and out of you know seat fitting, homework. It's like a seven-year-old. Seat fitting, homework. And they put together this... It's an older go-kart, but it's a go-kart. Okay, I get the drive. Yeah. So we would spend, I think, about twice a week, usually Thursdays and Saturdays. We would go to the racetrack and just practice over at what used to be Miami GP. It's no longer a racetrack, sadly, but I love that place. And we would run there for, I would say, about three years we drove there, but never raced. We never had the funds to go racing. So we would always just practice just to get our feet wet, always be prepared. Mm -hmm. And 
sadly, the funding just kind of like just ran out. And we moved over to indoor go-karting, which is people always go, oh, indoor go-karting, whatever. It's a way to stay behind the wheel of something. Sure. And I happen to meet a lot of great people in that field. And somehow I go, I, I'm doing indoor karting for three years, just having a blast. And my mom mentions to her boss, you know, six years after being in the company and goes, yeah, my son just loves racing. Uh, and he goes, what? And he happened to be a former world champion go-karting driver. Whoa. And he wanted to help me out. And so sure enough, boom, 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 I get, in, I, I do my first race in 2017 and it happened to be a national, a national championship event, you know, just threw me into the fire and I came home third, uh, wow. rest is history. Yeah. I, the next, the following year I became the grand national champion in go-karting and I won a Lucas Oil race the next year, placed podiumed in the Miata endurance race for the champ car series. And now I'm fortunate enough to be a finalist in the Spec MS5 shootout. <laughs> what a fun story. Well, I guess in a way, those years before you were competing and were even before you were on a track, you got seat time. So you got to think and work and exercise. And as you know, as a racer, it's all about seat time, practice, 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 practice. So you're getting a lot of that. Well, let's dive into the Mazda Motorsport Spec MX-5 shootout. Tell us what all is involved in this, because when I gave you the introduction, some people might be surprised to have heard that this also includes mental testing on top of the physical and driving prowess involved. So walk us through the process. Absolutely. And the shootout's in two days, so it's coming up quick. I'll be leaving for Sebring tomorrow. What it takes to be selected, I mean, it's really, it was a random text that I got a few weeks ago, actually, from uh, eCarding News. One of the guys there, Rob Howden, texted me saying that I've been nominated. And all it is that I've just put good performances together in go-karting. I actually made a really good relationship with him, so I think I was one of the guys that popped up in his head when they were thinking of this. Mm -hmm. And then I also, I have some Miata experience in the past. I have open wheel experience. So they consider me one a guy who's maybe prepared to be a part of a Mazda Motorsports factory team next year. Mm -hmm. Now, at the shootout, of course you have to be quick, but they want to see if you're marketable. They want to see how good you are off the racetrack. They're going to have a bunch of things there. They're going to have a social event there where you're going to have to like just see how they are. They just set you up and say, here, they're going to have a bunch of Mazda teams. Talk to them. Enjoy yourself. And then, of course, be fast on the racetrack. They're going to do some coaching, data, and they want to see how you are. How do you handle that? How do you handle if you're being if you're two tenths slower here or if you're a little quicker here? And if they give you feedback, do you take it? Do you actually process that and put it on the racetrack and adapt? Are you improving yourself throughout the weekend? But like I said, off track, if you're that guy that's marketable, they're going to pick you. Nice. You know, this is really an interesting Thing. And I'm glad that they're doing this because communication is so important and being able to communicate properly with people and speak well. Also, more importantly, be a better listener. Do they talk to you at all about how to prep for this from that standpoint? You obviously know how to prep from a racing standpoint. You got to be fast. You got to be smooth. All of that, which is what you've been working your craft on since you were quite young in that first simulator uh, your dad built for you. That was pretty cool out of plywood in a baby seat. But when it when it comes to communication skills, do they give you any kind of insight as to what to expect? Or do they just throw you in with the wolves? I know I'm saying it in a silly way, but put you in a room and they just sit back and watch and see how your communication skills are. I wouldn't say there's a way to really prepare. I would say that they've done a fantastic job over like the zoom calls of they're just, they're super open and they're so easy to talk to. I've had conversation with both the guys, David Cook and Chris Noons, who are going to be the main judges there. And they're just so easy to talk to. And it makes, it makes you relax. And when you relax, you're automatically going to be just more, more comfortable in a communication standpoint. And you're going to be open to talking to them. And they've made a, they've done a really good job 
in building a relationship with each one of the drivers so that when you get there, you're not some random person they're meeting. They're going to know who you are and you're going to know who they are. And you're going to have something to talk to and look and have in common before you even get on the racetrack the following day. Are there some professional racers that you know of today that are have really made it? Let's say IndyCar racers, NASCAR racers, Formula One drivers. Um, I'll pick one. I've had so many of them on my show, but I'll pick one that is great to speak with Patrick Long. Uh, endurance racer, GT racer for Porsche. And when you listen to him, or, or I've I've had him on my show, I've also met him at several events and spent time talking with him. He's just enjoyable to listen to, to speak with. And not all racers are. Is there anybody out there or maybe a couple people that you look back and go, wow, there's a person that does what these guys at Mazda want me to, to be? It's funny you mentioned that. I mean, I, I happen to be pretty decent friends with Patrick Long. Nice. Because you mentioned Patrick Long, I'll use another example. Um, Alec, Alan McNish. Mm-hmm. I, I met that guy at, when I was seven years old. I got lucky enough. One of, my, one of my dad's friends gave us these Audi tickets, like VIP tickets. We had to meet everybody. Nice. Go in, you know, all these back doors and secret things. And it was a great experience as a, as a seven-year-old kid. And I remember they had this, this tent, you know, the, the Audi experience tent, and they had the simulator set up there. And I was like, oh, I got this. I have a sim at home. And they set up, you know, I was seven years old. I'm tiny. And they have two cushions behind me. I'm sitting on a cushion. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. And I'm and I'm fastest. I'm beating, you know, the times. I'm beating McNish's time. And the guys notice. And they're like, oh, that's, this is, you, you're, you're quick. And so they're like, do you want to meet Alan McNish? I go, of course. Come back here at two o'clock. He'll be here. And you go to meet him. So I, we come back at two o'clock. I get back in the sim. I start driving. And I hear the Scottish voice behind me coaching me. And, I, and I'm like, oh, I knew it was because he's Scottish. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know who this is. Yeah. And he's, he's coaching me. Oh, he's, he's guiding me through the track. And I'm like, this is an unbelievable experience. <laughs> and um, we were, I was really, really quick. And we started talking after the fact. 20 minutes goes by. And the interview crew goes over. Oh, it's time for your interview. He goes, oh, I can't do it anymore. I have to get back on the racetrack. He, he missed his, <laughs> his scheduled interview because he was talking to you because <laughs> he was talking to me, Nice, but it's such a great story. And then the following year, uh, I was with one of my buddies, Alex Popow, who's one of the, he's a former IMSA driver. And after Alan Minish won the, the Sebring 12 hours again that year, he came over to the bonfire and we were talking. He's like, I don't, I don't remember you. Uh, you went faster than me. <laughs> Sorry. My, my Scottish accent isn't very good, but, uh, he's just an awesome guy to talk to. And every, every year that I see him on the grid, whether it's Daytona, Sebring, we always talk and he remembers me and it's just a fantastic thing, but I love how open he is. And he was just not afraid to, you know, go up to me and talk to me. And as a seven year old, it's such a cool experience to have a guy that established come over to you and be like, Hey, this is, you know, here's what you're doing wrong. Well, it's such a cool experience. So I, I don't think this is my example. Great example. When you think about racing and professional racing, what is your favorite part of it? As you, you look ahead on, you've been go-kart champion been doing that but as you look ahead to jumping into an automobile what is a part of racing that is most enjoyable for you that's a great question it allows me to be myself whenever i'm behind the wheel i i feel so comfortable i i don't know how else to explain it even when i get behind the wheel of a simulator or any a go-kart a miata an open wheel car i just feel so comfortable in the seat and i i'm confident in what i'm doing i i know that i'm capable of, of being a racing driver and so my favorite part of, dry, of you know, the racing aspect is just being behind the wheel. I love it. It's, it's my dream. It's what I want to do. And it, I, I, I'm able to express myself. Hey, I love it. Is there anything about that you're learning now about coming into this shootout and racing on a professional level moving forward that has surprised you that you kind of went, hmm, didn't expect that? 
I wouldn't say there's anything that I've learned going to the shootout, but I say that as the years go on and as I mature in racing, I understand how important the marketable side is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a kid, you're always like, let's go racing, let's go racing. And then you're, it's always like, oh, the funds aren't there, funds aren't there. It's like, oh, what? it's just money, it's just money. And then it's like, you grow up and you're like, it's money. And how do you, how do you grow the money as a driver to go racing? Mm-hmm. And so I've learned over the past few years to really talk to everybody networking. I would say that's probably something that I've learned that is networking is super important. Oh yeah. Nowadays, whenever I go to the 12 hours of Sebring, 24 hours of Daytona, any race that I can, even I've been to the IMSA Road America race. Whenever I go there, I go there to enjoy the race as a race fan, of course, but I, I spend most of my time talking to the drivers, to the teams, manufacturers, anybody I can pop up tents, even just pop up tents, anybody I can to get my name out there. And even if, it doesn't lead to a sponsorship or a friendship. It leads to knowledge gained half the time. They always, they're always telling you, here's what we did. Here's what we can provide you. And you start, you, you learn a lot. And so I think that's something that I've learned over the years and learning going to my shootout is networking is maybe the most important part of racing. Oh, yeah. You know, I'll tell you something, Alex. I've interviewed hundreds of racers here on Cars Yeah. And that is a, a key thing that many of the very successful racers have shared with me is just showing up and being there and talking to as many people. If you're just around the track, even if you wish you could be racing at an event and you didn't get a seat, just showing up and bring your, bring your helmet and your suit. You have had drivers say, you never tell me they might throw you in a car. You just never know. So you're doing exactly what the more mature and the successful drivers that I've had on the show did and continue to do so you're on a great track when you think about your studies there at central florida university of central florida mechanical engineering do you see that degree uh in being involved in your life somewhere down the road as well as it relates to racing oh absolutely the reasoning behind i mean obviously as a race as a racer it's, it's hard to balance the school but it's not impossible and mechanical engineering is probably one of the tougher degrees to balance mm-hmm. but the reason i'm going into the field is because my dream is to be involved in racing, whether it's behind the wheel or pit board or in the garage. I want to be involved in racing. And so I know I have a lot of buddies who actually went in the back door. They went in through the mechanical engineering side. They went through even just a tire guy and they went up the ranks and then they talked, they got the crew chief to get together and they're like, Hey, I can drive. Mm-hmm. Okay. They put me on the wheel for a, for a test and they get in and now they, now they're a driver. There's, there's, you know, more than one way to skin a cat, as they say. And it's like, that's my way to, that's my, that's what I want to do. That's why I'm getting involved in the formula student program to really get that hands-on experience, building the race car, then driving it. I think also mechanical engineering is a great way to improve yourself as a driver. Cause of course you can always be like, oh, the cart's, the car's loose. It's tight. It won't turn understeer, oversteer. Why, why is it, why is it doing mm-hmm. that? As a mechanical engineer, you can kind of come back and say, here's what we need to do because it's doing this. And I think it's just a great way. It's a great tool. And I think this degree is super key for me being a driver. Oh, absolutely. I would agree. My wife's got her degree in mechanical engineering, and I know that it takes some smarts to do that. And the fact that you're going to be a much more rounded individual in the field of racing is just going to put more tools in your toolbox, as they say, to help you out in the yep. future. Is there a, a mentor, a key uh, influential person in your life that was a driving inspiration for you? It's got to be my dad, whether he's always been to every race that I can think of. And there's maybe two that he's missed, but he's always there for me. Even he'll admit it himself. It's gotten maybe past the point where he can give me driving tips, but he's always there for me. He's always there to pick me up when I'm down. He's always telling me, Here, dude, here's your strength. Like, remember, 
you, this is what you're you're born to do. This is what you're born to do. You know, he's always he's always there for me. He's he records all my races. He's my he's my number one fan. <laughs> and I mean, nice. yeah, he's a hundred percent the mentor that I just can't be without. Yeah, fortunate. That is awesome. Let's take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a bit about a challenge because racing, you're going into a career. You've been in a career uh, that's fraught with ups and downs. Uh, People have heard me say this before. One weekend, you're a champ. The next weekend, you might be a chump. So uh, that's the way racing is. That's the way life is sometimes as well. So keep the seatbelts on and we'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah! supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology, it's in high demand, you get paid really well, and you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. So, Alex, we're back. So let's talk about a big challenge, big failure, that uh, the drive into the barrier, the wall, whatever it might be, the spin out. Uh, tell us what that situation was in your mind. But more importantly, how did you overcome it? And what was the positive aspect of that that taught you something that was really valuable? One of the hardships that I faced in my racing career so far is two years ago i was diagnosed with uh, crohn's disease oh yeah that was the first uh, little hit i was like man you know not everything's always guaranteed even though it's not a terrible thing to have it's uh, it's, it's just not things, fun things can't happen to you yeah. yeah things can happen to you be grateful and just always look forward but i remember you know waking up from you know the anesthesia and all that i was like the first thing when they told me what it is i'm like well when am i gonna race again and they're like ah oh, soon on. i was on the racetrack like the f- a few weeks from then it was tough the first few months for sure. Like people who have Crohn's don't understand you, you, anemia is common, you know, when you're first getting back into remission, uh, dehydration, but now I'm fine because the medication that I'm on, mm-hmm. it's almost like I don't even have it anymore. Okay. Um, of course I have it because it's a, it's a disease, but it's never going to go away. But with the medicine that I take, it's like, I don't even have it anymore. I'm in remission. So I have no symptoms anymore, but those first few months were tough. I was really weak. So my, my performances weren't great, but I, I pursued through it, persevered through it. And it taught me, you know, just keep fighting and not everything's guaranteed. So always look forward and just be 
be grateful. You know, it's a great lesson, and I'm sorry you had to deal with that, and we'll have to deal with that. I have friends that have suffered through that, and uh, even a ratio that you know that um, I've had on the show that had to deal with that in a really serious way. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough thing, but I'll tell you, with, with any disease, no matter how severe or how minor, have you learned, and it sounds like you figured it out, I, I won't, I'll just put a percentage at it, it may not be accurate, but a large percentage of how to deal with these things is in your head. Not in your body. Oh, hundred percent it does. How you how, how you deal with it, how you think about it, how you focus on it, how you don't focus on it, and how you don't let it define you. Am I saying that in the right way? I think so. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I that makes total sense. Great. Sounds like you have tackled it and continue to tackle it in a very very positive way. So, uh, like I always tell listeners here, if you're going through something serious, uh, really think about. How are you thinking about it? Listen to uh, many of my guests here who have dealt with many serious diseases and how they focused on how to get over it, how to override it, how to just live with it uh, in the most positive way they can. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's amazing what the mind can do. It's incredible. Like if, if, if you're obviously, if you're focused on it, oh man, oh, Crohn's, oh, Crohn's, every race, you just keep falling back and it's Crohn's. And you, you can make yourself more sick actually when you're thinking about it. It's like, oh man, oh, yeah. you keep reminding yourself, you keep reminding yourself. If you just, it's hard to just, you know, put it behind you, but it's like, Hey, there's nothing you can do about it. Keep looking forward, keep persevering and it, it's not going to go away. So just tell yourself, Hey, it's there, but you got this medicine, you're fine, work towards your goal and you'll achieve it. So, yeah. And don't be like some guy and I'll say guys, cause men are seem to be more susceptible to this. Don't ignore things. Uh, yeah, if you're not feeling well, go get it checked out. Talk to your doctor, ask questions, and then uh, get yourself educated as well uh, is another key part of it. And these days, you have so many resources, caveat emptor, what those resources are, of course, but so many resources to look into these days to learn about what's going on. When I was your age, we didn't have any of that stuff. You just had to trust one doctor. Sometimes that one doctor maybe isn't your best option. There might be some other people, other options. So yeah. well done. Bravo to you. Let's talk about the future in your bucket list if you look ahead and i don't want to go too far out here because you just don't know what's going to happen look what's happened to us in the last 20 months my gosh exactly oh my goodness but if you look ahead maybe the next year to three years what's your bucket list goal list look like after this uh, shootout you're going to get involved with obviously the goal is to be one of the two drivers selected for the shootout that would be the dream situation i would i'm going to run the lucas oil formula car race series next year and then hopefully run the Spec MX-5 series if I want to win the shootout. Mm -hmm. And even, even if I don't, I still, I'm going to stay in contact with Mazda and probably run the, the series anyways. Um, let's say a three-year goal for me was is to be involved in IMSA. IMSA, I love that series. I, I'm a huge endurance racing fan. It, it, I think it suits my mindset a lot. I'm, I'm, a, I'm really nice in the car. I'm smooth. I'm quick, consistent. And I've, I've done a, like two 14-hour races in a Miata, so I... I know what it takes to make a car last and we've done, we've been very successful in it. So a three-year goal for me is to be in any ladder of IMSA. This sounds exciting. To me, endurance racing is so cool. I'm, we mentioned mutual friend, Patrick Long, Hurley Haywood, uh, another guy from my era who incredible yeah. endurance racer, quick Vic, Vic Elford, of course, has been on the show who yep. ran those kind of races recently, Brian Redman, uh, another guy back in my day or even a little older than me. But I love the whole concept of endurance racing because it's, it's, it's about, and what you said, 
taking care of the vehicle and knowing how to take care of the vehicle to end the race uh, is the way to go. So that sounds exciting for me. Let's talk about a special vehicle. Now, you're a young guy, so you haven't even been driving with a license for very long. But is there a special vehicle in your life? And this could be a street car or it could be maybe one of the first race cars you jumped into or carts. It has to be my first go-kart. I love that go-kart so much. It wasn't the best go-kart because it was, it was old. I had a, like a six-year-old motor. It wasn't even up, the up-to-date motor that they were using anymore. But I think that was the biggest blessing for sure as well. It taught me how to drive because it wasn't the it wasn't the newest stuff. It wasn't the best stuff. Yeah. But I would go to that. I would go to the racetrack and I would be quicker than kids who were on brand new equipment, brand new motors, because I just I learned how to drive. Yeah. And another funny story with that is actually because funding was so low and the, the go kart was old and the motor was low, motor was old. We would go to the go kart track, go kart races that are going on every year, the big the big national events with all these semis showing up with all this money. And they would throw away like one session old race tires. And it's those those are free tires because they throw it away. <laughs> so we would every every year we'd get like twenty sets of tires for free. Wow. And so that's how we we never bought our tires. We would just go and <laughs> that's brilliant. The, they were sitting there. I love they were it. sitting there. Yeah. And they were like, Yeah, you can have them. So we just go like the Michelin Michelin man, put our hand through the tires, <laughs> and we'd have twenty sets for the year pretty much. And that was free tires. And they were brand new. To us, those are brand new tires. Yeah. So that's but it taught you how to drive because then we we I drive that tire down almost to the cord, so you have to learn how to you know pres- pres- preserve tires. Yeah, manage a tire yeah. that's going manage off. tires because yeah. you, you know that if you run your tires down, you have no more tires because we couldn't really afford it at the time. So it's just drive, drive, drive. But yeah, my favorite cart that I've ever had is my first one. It taught me the the fundamentals of racing, and I just I love that thing and I miss it. But yeah. That's the cart right there. (laughs) I love it. Great story about the tires, too. Very innovative. I'm going to crawl into your head and be your car psychologist today, Alex. If you are manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is the guy in the mirror as a vehicle. What would you be, but more importantly, why? A Mazda Miata. Simply because it's it's, it's who I am. It, It suits my driving style. I think that if I were to like reincarnate as a car, it's the Mazda Miata. You know, slow and fast out. They're not just due to motor constraints they're not the quickest car in a straight line but they handle great mm-hmm. and how do you maximize the handling is just slow and fast out be smooth and it, i think it's it suits my exact driving style and it's it's who i represent as a as a car yeah i've had so many racers on this show that started in monsters as well uh, and they're just fun cars even on the street i remember they first came out with that car a guy i worked with this was 25 plus years ago i Trying to think what year the Mazda Miata first came out. At any rate, he had one and he let me drive it. And I went, man, this thing is fun. And I've always been a Porsche guy. So I, when those came out, I kind of went, well, they're not really a Porsche. I'm not sure. I got out of that thing one. I, I want one of these. This is so cool. Uh, really fun cars, but they've just gotten better and better and better. So uh, I, that's a great yeah. way to answer that question. Now, I know successful people love to help others and love to give back. Is there some ways that you like to help others? Or maybe perhaps I could rephrase it. How would you mentor and advise someone else who is perhaps younger than you or even your age that wants to get into racing? Oh, I'll, I'll answer both questions there. Although I may not be like a, a paid driver's coach or any of that, I can consider, I consider myself very selfless at the racetrack, mm-hmm. especially with like the, the team that I'm on right now. There's a bunch of like cadet carts and juniors out there that I – I love helping. Whenever I go out there and watch any of the practice sessions that go on, I try to see if anything's everybody's doing wrong, especially on my team. And I love helping. So nice. I'm even known for it. My sometimes my parents are like, "Why do you? Why are you giving away information?" I, I help guys <laughs> in my own in my own class. Yeah. It's, it's who I am. I, I love 
if I can make somebody faster, I feel like I've succeeded. And then information that I can give a driver is seat time is so important. It's, I think seat time is like the key thing in racing. Like, for, like for me, when I wasn't racing, I, I was like, I didn't just stop racing. I went to indoor karting. It's a cheaper option. And I just stayed behind the wheel for three years. And I'm fortunate enough now to have a sim at my house, which I'm on. And that that's a great tool to have. But anytime you can get behind anything, whether it's, you know, even if you're an open wheel guy, if you can get behind a late model, do it. Just get behind the wheel. Anything with a gas pedal, an engine, and a steering wheel, drive it. And it, it you'll only improve. Absolutely. That's the key. Is there a great book that you've read you'd like to share? Oh, absolutely. Actually, it's the book that I've recently started reading. It's called uh, My Greatest Defeat by Will Buxton. Mm-hmm. I've only recently started reading it, but I just finished uh, Philippe Massa's little story there in it. He's actually one of my heroes growing up. I love I loved that guy. It's a great book. It's fantastic that he has all these legends, all these idols that people look up to, and it shows some of the hardships that they've gone through, and it, it helps you relate to them. You know, it, everyone thinks, oh, he, it's this legend. We're not gonna, I'm not going to be that guy. It's not, no, a lot of the times, these guys that we look up to have been through a lot of the stuff that we're going through, and it shows that don't give up. You know, it's, you can be him too. Like they, everyone's been through something ever. It's not all, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Like the media makes it seem like, no, these guys have been through stuff to get to where they are. So yeah, they may be a seven time champion or four time champion or the winner of something that you want to win, but they've been through just as much as you have, if not more to get to where they are. And it's a really relatable book. And I think I recommend anybody read it, whether it's racing or not, because it just shows that you can make it no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. When that book came out, when Will wrote that book, he was a guest on here on Cars. Yeah, uh, it's a great show. Any of you listeners missed it, can go back and listen to him talking about that and he talked about some specifics within the book. And uh, it's right. You know, most people look at successful people and they just kind of forget what it took to get there. The hours and, and the defeats and the tragedies and all those different things which define them really in many ways. But My Greatest Defeat uh, uh, by Will Buxton, it's a great read. And it's a very inspirational read, too. Even if you're not into racing, uh, it's one of those books you should add to your repertoire. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Will's a great guy, for sure. So let's go on the ultimate drive here. I have a magic scepter, which enables me to allow you to go on the ultimate drive. Now, this could also be the ultimate race. It could be the ultimate uh, test day, anything that rolls on rubber, you get to choose any kind of vehicle. You get to choose somebody to be with if it's a non-single seater, of course, uh, and you get to choose to be driving anywhere in the world. So for a racer like you, Alex, what does that ultimate drive look like? I would love to take, and I, I want to be the driver in this, I would love to take Patrick Long on a ride at Nürburgring. Okay. Of course, a Porsche 911 has to be the Porsche. It's going to yeah. be Patrick Long. And I would love to just talk to him because I actually got to, to meet him quite a few times i i actually at miami gp the track that i grew up on i remember i was like i think i was eight at the time then i think i i think i was eight mm-hmm. and i remember going there i'm like that's patrick long he's just, he's out there just racing preparing i think for the 12 hours of sebring it was and he was of course in a go-kart it was it was actually an inspiring thing for me as a kid it was like man a guy that i look up to is back here in his roots racing go-karts at my home track it was such a cool thing to be yeah. a part of and he was so easy to talk to even to me as like an eight-year-old kid i remember the next year it was that he was actually getting interviewed on the grid and he like pointed to me saying this kid's next. He's next. And it, it's so cool. And every, nice. every year I see him at the racetrack and we always, you know, take a picture. We always talk to each other because we recognize each other, of course. And I do, I would love to catch up with him and let him know what I'm doing now that I'm actually been racing competitively for quite a few years and just see if he has advice for me. And I would love to just have a chat and of course 
Nurburgring is a fantastic racetrack to go to, and I want to go there one day. So don't go wrong. Considering it's 14 plus miles, you'd have a lot of time exactly. to talk to him. Although he uh, he's great, and of course, uh, for you listeners, if you missed my talk with Patrick, you'll find it on the Cars Show website. And he's got that great event he does. Since I'm a Porsche fanatic, Luftgult event is uh, absolutely spectacular that he and his uh, business partner there put on every couple of years. They just had one in uh, Indianapolis, I believe, is where they had it. So, uh, yeah, they've done some really, really cool things. You've taken us on a really fun ride today here, Alex. I'm very happy to have had you on the show. I wish you the best of luck coming up here on the shootout. Before I let you go, is there maybe a success? Is there maybe a success quote or a mantra you'd like to share with others to inspire them? I would say believe in yourself and bet on yourself. No matter if it's racing or baseball or if you want to be a chef, no matter what your dream is, I'm sure you've had people along the way tell you that, oh, just just stop. Take the easy way, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. To that, I always just say bet on yourself. Go go for it. You only get one shot at your dream. And like for me, for example, I have this incredible opportunity that Mazda Motorsports put together for the Spec MSI shootout. And it's an opportunity that I've actually been working towards my whole life. And actually, I would say another quote that I want to use is one that Roger Penske said. And it's luck is where preparation meets opportunity. <laughs> and so I've prepared for this type of moment my entire life, whether it's just being on the sim, driving, marketing myself, networking. And so the preparation that I've had, it allowed me to have this opportunity. And so that, I guess, is luck, but it's, it's an opportunity that I've been given. And so bet on yourself, prepare for every race. And, you know, dreams will come your way. Oh, absolutely. And I love that saying, luck is is where preparation meets opportunity. It's absolutely true. I don't believe in luck at all. Uh, maybe maybe in some ways it, things just happen. But for the most part, for your dreams in life, it is how you've prepared and keeping your eyes open and uh, seeing that point in the corner that you can dive in on that guy and pass him and taking that opportunity when it appears and not hesitating. What's the best way for people to follow along with you? My Instagram it's at Alexander Searle, just, just my full name, no spaces, no periods. It's Alexander Searle on Instagram. And then my Facebook is Alexander Searle as well. That's the best way to get you know, in touch with me or just see what I've been up to recently. Absolutely. And I'll also put a link to the uh, Mazda Shootout uh, website where you guys can go, your listeners can go and learn more about it. Uh, Alexander, last name is S E A R L E. You can find him on the Carshow yeah website uh, very easily. Alex, oh, before I let you go, I want to do a shout out to another young racer in the past Carshow yeah guest, Chris Noons, for. Uh, inviting, or I should say, introducing me to Alex. He's introduced me to uh, many great people. So, uh, Chris, thank you for that. Cool dude. You're going to be seeing him at the shootout. No doubt, Alex. Say hello to him for me if you would. Oh, I will. Thanks for being so gen. Yeah, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and sharing your experiences. I wish you the best. I won't say in luck, just I'll wish you the best in the shootout coming up here. Uh, no doubt you're going to do just fine. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the races. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.